Let us pray. Gracious, almighty God, illuminate us, O Lord, as we read your word, that we might understand and follow your life-giving ways and be your light in the world through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Psalter reading is Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32. Listen for the word of the Lord. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your ordinances before me. I cling to your decrees, O Lord, let me not be put to shame. I run the way of your commandments, for you enlarge my understanding. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning comes from John 14, verses 1 through 6. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed today, we may hear what you are saying to us. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. The sermon title this morning is A Place for You. This passage has some of the most powerful and quoted verses in the Bible. The first three verses contrast the world's attitude. Don't worry, be happy. People of this world often want to push through life's trials because in this life, this is all that there is. As believers, we surely face difficulties but are called to walk from a different perspective as we consider Jesus Christ. Attention in the text begins in the previous chapter. In John chapter 13, there's deception, a promise, 
and a foretelling denial. In Jesus' family circle of trust in verse 21, Jesus revealed that someone among them was disloyal. He said, very truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples were confused and uncertain about who the betrayer could be. If the emotions were not already running high enough, Jesus told them in verse 33, little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look at me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. The disciples had given up everything to follow Jesus, and for the past three years, they traveled with him all over Galilee and Judea. Where was Jesus going that they could not come? Peter was so anguished, he had a personal plea in verse 37. Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Peter's heart was in the right place, but it soon would be tr so troubled that he would deny Jesus. Verse 38, very truly I tell you before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Their hearts were crushed that Jesus was leaving them and they could not handle the thought of being without Jesus. We live in a pandemic of troubled hearts today. The Surgeon General recently announced that the American people would soon face an epidemic of loneliness and isolation. And with all that's going on in the world, it feels like none of our hearts can escape trouble. In light of the cross, Jesus' heart was troubled. Jesus says in John chapter 12, verse 27, now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I come to this hour. Jesus was also troubled in spirit. In chapter 13, verse 21, Jesus was troubled because one of his own was going to betray him, for it was his time to go. The series of dire announcements culminated in considerable emotional pressure leaving the disciples on the brink of catastrophic failure. Instead of the disciples comforting Jesus, who was going to be betrayed and whose hours were numbered, Jesus comforts them by saying in verse 1 of our text, do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus' comforting words, do not let your hearts be troubled, came with two divine reasons. First, believe in God. And second, believe also in me. In other words, Jesus was saying to his disciples, because you already believe in God, believe in me. The disciples had lived with and knew Jesus. Imagine you were one of the disciples. You were there when he turned water into wine. You were there when he healed the paralytic at the pool at Bethesda. You doubted how five loaves of bread and two fish could feed more than several families, but you were a server of 5,000 hungry men, women, and children. You could testify to the wonder of Jesus walking on the water. 
Jesus extended an invitation to his disciples who believed in God to look past their troubled hearts to believe in him. Jesus also made a promise of a place for each of them better than they could have imagined. A place with many rooms in his father's house. A friend who recently went on an anniversary vacation told me that their room was unavailable when he and his wife got to the hotel. The manager filled with apologies searched for comparable rooms, but they were sold out. They were offered more expensive rooms, but because it was the hotel's mistake, the original room rate, rate remained the same, and they ended up in the royal suite. I have yet to have that experience. But Jesus promised this type of accommodation to the disciples. Not a standard room or a room across the street in a different hotel, but a guarantee of an incomparable residence when he said, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. They could count on the promise because Jesus told them in verses 2 and 3, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus was telling them that he was going to prepare a royal suite for them in the Father's house, and he would come back and unite with them. Jesus encouraged them to trust him, even though they did not understand, because it would be ultimately through the cross, resurrection, and ascension that he would prepare the place for his disciples, not just in heaven, but in their intimacy with Christ, in their hearts. Because Jesus prepared a place for us, we must create space for God's grace, grow in our relationship with God and our neighbors, and know who Christ is in our faith journey. Are we living in the hope of a place made for us today? Knowing that God has a place for each of us, we are called to make room for one another. While other Christian journeys are, while our Christian journeys are spiritual and personal in many ways as the body of Christ, we are called to continue Christ's work of love, compassion, and service to others. We are responsible for bearing the fruit of the spirit that comes with discipleship. When Jesus said in verse 2, in my father's house there are many dwelling places, if it were not so, would I have told you that I would go to prepare a place for you? It is an assurance to us and also an invitation to the placeless, homeless, and those who are away from home like international students and college students. It is an invitation to the elderly, the ignored, abused, displaced, and many others. Our hearts must be ready to show the compassion of Christ for God's children in the ministries we serve so that troubled hearts might find rest. We must trust God that there's enough room for all of us in the many dwelling places. This might look like engaging our members 
in the lives of people outside the church walls through their gifts and talents or an invitation to join in their joys whom God might deliberately bring into our lives for God's purpose and will. In God's house, there are many rooms and because of Christ's birth, ministry, work on the cross and resurrection, we are called to see what the Spirit is up to in our neighborhoods and communities and join in doing the work that God would have us to do and knowing that God brings the increase. While the place of our greatest hope is heaven, our lived, our lived experience should be in a place of relationship with God and our neighbors. John chapter 6 verse 21 Verse 41 says, Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. God's house is a place where God seeks us and where we can find unity with God and where we are called to live in the love of Christ with others. We can be both heavenly minded and of earthly good if the triune God resides in our hearts. During the last Lord's Supper in John chapter 13 verses 14 through 16, after John washes the disciples' feet, he said, So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For if I, for I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Brothers and sisters, we get to share Jesus' intimate relationship with his disciples, with our neighbors, through our words and actions that build others. Dwelling in full communion with God reminds us to live a humble, self-giving life, bonding with those around us. We must be intentional and patient and be willing to have a listening ear to learn about and learn from one another. We must make time to sit down with each other, especially the young children, to get to know what is going on in their lives and to share the different perspectives of our faith journey. You see, in Christ's going away, we were called to continue his ministry of presence and good works in the world. Trusting God allows us to live as a distinct family and in a place where we can have hearts of forgiveness and love for each other. When we believe in Christ, we should have a heart of hospitality that, through the Holy Spirit, embodies the peace and comfort of God. Living faithfully in a relationship with God and our neighbors does not mean that trouble won't come our way or that the road will be easy. It does mean that we can walk in resurrection hope and courage because we belong in a holy family, assured of new life, joined with God in the place he created for us. None of us knows the journey to this life's end, but we must know the way home. Verses 4 through 6 say, and you know the way to the place where I am going. 
Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas was confused. He wanted to know where Jesus was going as in a specific location, but Jesus was speaking of the way to God. In the Psalms, the way is a metaphor for a life lived under the law or the will and desire of God. The way in Jewish wisdom literature means someone who lives a wise life or the wicked who flaunts their wisdom. But in Jesus Christ, the way is the route or journey to a place prepared for us by Jesus as a faithful expression of our unity with God. Like a large ship setting sail to a far off land where all the crew can see is the deep blue sea and turbulent waters, they trust the GPS to get them docked safely at their final destination. Jesus as the way is our guide to who we can trust in our Christian journey. Jesus is the way of life we ought to live. Jesus is the way of life we ought to share. Jesus forgave us and is the way we should forgive others. Jesus reconciled us to God, demonstrating how we ought to deepen our ministries of reconciliation with others and the world. It is Jesus in our hearts, through the Spirit, who offers us life and who is trustworthy and available for us. How can we know the way home? We must know Jesus himself. Jesus tells us he is the way to God because he is the truth of God and the life of God. And he alone has the power of eternal life. Brothers and sisters, as we long to see Christ's face, let us find comfort today and each day knowing that there is a royal place for you and me in the Father's house, a place where there are many rooms waiting our invitation to others and where relationships are nurtured. There is a place prepared by Jesus via the cross and resurrection where no reservations are needed and the suite is guaranteed. The rooms are never overbooked for a place for us has been reserved by the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Let us make Christ's story our story, joining in the breathing work of creating a place where we can all witness what Christ has done for us and is doing today. Live in the incredible love and witness that our risen Savior has prepared a special place for you and me that we might find hope and comfort today. Amen.